Welcome back, everybody. Everybody that's stuck around. We appreciate you guys tuning in to episode 35 of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Football is back. We're going to get into it. We're so excited for the NFL season. College football starts tonight as we record this episode. Official, real, meaningful college football. We're going to be going over the big matchups of the weekend, some NFL news, and some fantasy football insight because that's some stuff that we might want to get into. So stick around until the end to get some insight on all the different positions that you want to find some value in in your upcoming or potential already past fantasy football drafts. So thank you guys for tuning in to episode 35, and let's get into it. The Phenomenal Fan Podcast, a podcast by the fan for the fan. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the first football episode, like football season episode of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. So excited about the football season. So excited. I mean, can't even describe how excited I am. College football, NFL, the fall, the seasonal changes, the weather. I love it, man. I love it. That That's that. Uh, Dwayne Wade meme i love it i love it today is september 1st september 1st 2022 Uh, some would say it's the first official day of fall i am not entirely sure if that's true only because as i look at the weather on my phone It's got the high for today at 93 degrees. Now, if we're talking fall, I'm not seeing anything in the 90s. I'm probably barely seeing stuff in the 80s. So, I get it. It's September, right? The girlfriend goes in. She says, hey, babe, we need to get all the fall stuff out. Okay, that's fine. But I'm going to need to start cooling down a little bit. Let's just cool down, right? September 1st. Is it the first day of fall? Is it not the first day of fall? I think if I went on Google right now and said first day of fall 2022, it says Thursday, September 22nd. The first day of fall, according to Google, is Thursday, September 22nd. You tell me. Is that too early? Or too late, the first day of fall. I think it all depends on the weather. 
because if it's colder, it's starting to get colder, you know, for some reason, I don't know why it would get colder in September, but let's say it does get colder in September. I'm fine calling it first day of fall. But Thursday, September 22nd, I don't know. Maybe it's still 90 degrees that day. Then maybe that's too early. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, man, it's football season. And tonight, September 1st, we got some football games, some meaningful college football games. Three top 25 teams play tonight. Oklahoma State, number 12. Pittsburgh, number 17. And Wake Forest at 22. Yes, those are the only three. But there's a lot of big programs playing tonight. Minnesota, Missouri, Purdue, Penn State, uh, Tennessee plays tonight. West Virginia is playing Pitt. Uh, so I mean, good football games. I mean, Penn State, Purdue, like that's that's a big time Big Ten matchup. So fired up about that. Absolutely love this slate. Love this calendar look here. And that's just tonight. That's just tonight. Because this Saturday, oh boy. By the way, tomorrow, Friday, Michigan State plays Western Michigan. Michigan State's 15th ranked in the country. Saturday, everybody plays. And most teams play kind of a garbage can game, right? Alabama's playing Utah State. Roll Tide, baby. In case you guys didn't know, listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. But I am an Alabama fan. Texas A&M plays Sam Houston. Vomit. Michigan plays Colorado State. Vomit. Iowa plays South Dakota State. Puke in my mouth. UCLA plays Bowling Green. Oklahoma plays UTEP. Right? So just some trash games. But there are some good ones. There's some really good ones. Starting off with a top 25 matchup, number 23, Cincinnati is playing number number 19, Arkansas, in Arkansas. That's a top 25 matchup featuring a team that was in the college football playoff last year. Love it. Love it. Um, why am I missing the other ones? There was another top 25 matchup besides the one, the big one of the night. Why don't I sort it? Oh, yeah. Cincinnati and Arkansas, 23 versus 19. Oregon and Georgia, 11 versus a three. Georgia. Is not at home, but they're playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. So, I mean, let's be real. That's going to be a pretty much a home game for them. Three C, three uh, number three ranked team, Georgia, is playing number eleven ranked Oregon. Those are these. See, the, the the crazy thing is, these preseason rankings, they don't mean a lot. They they mean something because you do, you can tell what teams are good. You can say, okay, well. Cincinnati, they feel clearly is good enough to be a top 25 team. Georgia and Oregon. Oregon's 
ranked at 11 coming into this year. If they beat Georgia, they jump into the top three. I mean, like, literally, they go from 11 to probably three. So, Oregon-Georgia on Saturday, Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Georgia, 17-point favorites over Oregon. Jeez, man. That's a big, big, big number. And then the biggest game of the night, or of the entire day, is in the evening, Notre Dame versus Ohio State. Notre Dame is ranked fifth. Ohio State is ranked second. Very rarely do you see a game that has college football playoff implications in week one. If Notre Dame beats Ohio State, they will jump to number two. Potentially number one, depending on how Alabama plays. If Ohio State beats Notre Dame, they could also potentially jump to number one. And if they continue the rest of the year, go undefeated and win the Big Ten, they will probably be the one seed. Now, Notre Dame's schedule this year, I don't want to say it's tough because it's not tough. But it is tough, if that makes sense. Like, it's not like this gauntlet, un, un, you can't win or, you know, go undefeated. But after Ohio State, they play Marshall. That should be a win. They play Cal. That should be a win. They play North Carolina. That should be a win. They play BYU, who's ranked 25th coming into the week one. Uh, that should probably be a win. Stanford win. UNLV win. Syracuse, probably a win. Then they got Clemson, who's preseason number four. That's going to be a ball game. Navy, probably a win. Boston College, probably a win. And then they got 14th ranked USC. But right now on their schedule, they have four top 25 games. That will, of course, be subject to change with wins and losses and everything else. But if I am Notre Dame, I don't see this game as a must win because theoretically they could lose this game, probably drop right to like 8, 9, 10, 11, somewhere in the rankings. And then if they win out and they win the ACC, I think because they're technically affiliated with ACC for football, then, then you're looking at a college football playoff berth. But as it stands, that game is going to be just so good. Just so good. Notre Dame and Ohio State, week one, what did we do to deserve that? In a good way, I mean. It's usually, that, us- that statement is usually reserved for, uh, for bad, bad things. But it's not a bad thing. I'm so fired up about it. In NFL news, moving on. College football is going to be awesome. NFL is not starting this weekend. It's going to be firing up next week. In NFL news, the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson have agreed on a five-year extension that includes $165 million guaranteed cash money. Russell Wilson is 33 right now, and he'll be under contract through the 2028 
season. That would make him 30. That's in six years from now. That would make him 39. The extension uh, for Russell Wilson, who has two years remaining on his previous contract, uh, has an average salary of $49 million a year. After he makes 24 this year, 27 next year, and then $49 million every year for five years after. I mean, I like it. I am a Broncos fan. I'm just concerned about the age. 33 now signed to a five-year extension. I know quarterbacks are different, but Russell Wilson, his game is based on his ability to move around in the pocket, to throw on the run, to be an athlete. And that athleticism starts to dwindle in your late 30s. So at 33 now, he looks like he's in phenomenal shape. I'm sure he is going to be a great player this year. 34 next year, 35. Then you start getting 36. I wouldn't be surprised to see a slight adjustment in his style of play. 37. That's getting up there. 38. That's old. <laughs> and then he's going to have 38 and 39. I just don't know if there's going to be the production, a $49 million a year production at age 38 and 39 for Russell Wilson. That being said, they got to lock the guy up. You have to give him an extension, and I'm sure he didn't want a two-year extension. So five years for Russell Wilson, $245 million on top of the two-year contract he has going. Good for the Denver Broncos. That's super exciting. Super exciting, man. I'm a Broncos fan. I'm looking forward to it. I try to keep it relatively unbiased, but, you know, Broncos have a new ownership group. They're a good team. They're going to be a good team this year. They should find themselves in the playoffs at some point. Okay? So that's it pretty much for NFL news. Uh, Tua Vailoa was voted team captain on the Dolphins. That's pretty cool. And that's pretty much it, man. I mean, everybody's made the rosters that you'd expect to make rosters. A couple guys have been cut, but for the most part, man, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year in the NFL. Super excited for that. But that coverage will start to spike next week in our episodes. Okay. So that being said, have the news covered, have college football covered. Baseball, quickly to touch on, is getting into the home stretch. The Dodgers are amazing. The Mets are really good. The Braves are really good. The Yankees are falling apart. The Astros are amazing. The White Sox are a joke. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think, realistically, there are 
four teams that could win the World Series this year? Dodgers, Braves, Mets, and Astros in the American League. I would throw the Yankees in there as another as a fifth. Outside of that in the American League, realistically, there's there's not much that's gonna be happening. The Rays always sneaky, but let's be real. And I mean, yeah, Mets, Braves. Cardinals are solid. But that's it for baseball. We don't have to spend too much time on it. I love baseball. That's my first sport, my you know, my first love, but come on, football time. So now it's time to get into our fantasy rankings. Not necessarily rankings. Our fantasy tips. We wanted to give fantasy tips for some players that will have for some players that will have value in later rounds, guys that may not get picked up, guys that are being undervalued we feel have more value and we're going to go through all the positions. We're not going to spend too much time on defense on kickers, things like that, right? Primary quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And we'll go in that order. The complete 2022 Quarterback point scoring projections. Well, all their projections are out from ESPN. Not a surprise to see a lot of the guys, you know, at the top of the list to be at the top of the list. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, uh, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Dak, Brady, Rogers, Russell Wilson, Burrow, Matt Stafford. You get the point. Okay. But going down this list here, there's a few guys that you should keep your eye on if you're one of those guys that loads up, okay? Just, if you're one of those guys that just loads up on running backs and wide receivers in your fantasy drafts, okay? And you wait for a QB, and you wait for a QB, and you wait for a QB. If you wait till, like, one of the last rounds to take quarterback, take Jameis Winston. He had 117 fantasy points last year. And when he got hurt, he had 14 touchdowns and three picks. This year, he's projected to basically double that at 244. That's great production from a quarterback. It's great production. And I also want to make this clear. This isn't a guarantee. Nobody knows that these guys are going to be good or not. Nobody knows if guys are going to get hurt. Nobody knows anything because the future is unknown. But this is a value guy. Jameis Winston, value. Backup guy, right? Going down the list even further. At 24, they have Matt Ryan of the Colts. He had 222 fantasy points last year. On a bad, 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 bad Falcons team. Now, the Colts are better. Their offensive line is way better. The running back is way better. And they have weapons on offense to catch the football. 
So again, if you're waiting late, late, late rounds for a quarterback, Matt Ryan is an excellent pickup. And again, to be clear, this is fantasy late round value, guys, to pick up in your fantasy drafts when he's not picking up, basically, when these guys aren't, uh, they're when they're available, when you filled up your roster already, or you're waiting to the late rounds. Okay, so those are the guys in quarterbacks in the quarterback position I would keep an eye on, right? The rest of the guys you would like to prioritize. But ultimately, if you're a guy, like I said, who just waits and waits and waits and waits and waits, and then you check and all these other quarterbacks are gone, and now you're stuck with looking at guys like Trevor Lawrence, Tua, Daniel Jones, like, forget those guys. They're not going to be ranked as high as Jameis Winston, which is stupid. Take Jameis or take Matt Ryan over. Tua over Trevor Lawrence, over even Trey Lance. Like, take him over a lot of these guys. Seriously. That's just, that's just where I'd put it. In the running back position, again, everybody knows the top guys that are going to go off the board first. Jonathan Taylor, McCaffrey, Eckler, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook. The list goes on and on. But there's a couple guys in the running back category that you need to keep your eye on in a good way and a bad way. First guy is DeAndre Swift, okay? DeAndre Swift is a really good running back. But don't get suckered into it. Don't. There's about a dozen other running backs available in your fantasy draft that I would probably try to prioritize over DeAndre Swift. I would do that. That's me personally. Last year, he had... Five rushing touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. He had 62 catches for 452 yards, and he had 151 carries for 617 yards. I don't know how many games he played, but why is he projected more points this year than he was last year? It's the same exact team. In fact, the Lions, I mean, I guess they might have gotten a little bit better, but not really. And DeAndre Swift, year in and year out, is projected to be this top 10 fantasy running back. And he just never is. He just never is. Never. So don't take him in the first three or four rounds. Don't. He's not bad. He's not a bad flex guy. He's not a bad bench RB1. But he should not be your RB1. Maybe your RB2 if you have a really good RB1. Problem is, he's going to go off the board because some idiot is going to take DeAndre Swift. I don't think he's a horrible player. I just don't think he's going to, he should be the ninth-ranked fantasy running back. When you go down this list, Aaron Jones needs to go before DeAndre Swift. James Conner needs to go before DeAndre Swift. Saquon Barkley needs to go before DeAndre Swift. So don't fall into the DeAndre Swift trap. Everybody does. Every year, one guy does, and it's stupid, okay? Now, on the flip side, these are some guys that 
are not ranked very high in the running back position, but they have a lot more value than what they are currently ranked at. Okay. On ESPN's rankings, they have Devin Singletary ranked as the number 25 running back in the NFL on what will be potentially the number one offense in the NFL. Explain that to me. If he's the starting running back for the Buffalo Bills, how how is Devin Singletary going to be the 25th ranked running back? I get Josh Allen's going to throw the ball a ton. I totally get it, man. Makes a lot of sense. But Devin Singletary had seven rushing touchdowns last year. He had 870 rushing yards, 228 receiving yards. That's over 1,000 all-purpose yards for Devin Singletary. And he's the 25th ranked running back? Look at some of the other guys that are above him. You're going to take Brees Hall of the New York Jets at 20 over Devin Singletary. Give me a break. Devin Singletary has the potential this year. Devin Singletary has the potential to be a legit RB1. Even potentially a top 10 fantasy running back this year. Now, would I take him in the first round? No. Would I take him in the second round? Maybe. But if he's there in the third or fourth round, take him. Please, take him. I I honestly might take him over DeAndre Swift, if I'm being honest. I might. Seriously. Going further down this list, another running back with a ton of value that's not ranked very high on a lot of fantasy boards is Damian Harris from the Patriots. Why? Why? Mac Jones is garbage. He literally can't throw the ball. Damian Harris had almost had 1,000 rushing yards last year with 15 touchdowns. And this year he's just projected for 10? Why? He is a goal line hawk on an offense that does not prioritize throwing the football. And yeah, you know, he might split, split reps. With, uh, yeah, that's who it is. He might split reps with Ramondre Stevenson. Who cares? He's going to be a third down back. He's going to be a touchdown machine. He had two over 200 fantasy points last year. Dude, if Damian Harris is around in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, somewhere in there, you've already got your starting running back, and you, you, know, you maybe are able to pick out a nice RB2, Damian Harris is, has so much value in the flex position. So much value. It's a touchdown machine. Machine. The third running back that we, everybody needs to be paying attention to is Cordero Patterson. Okay? That guy's last year, it, it wasn't a fluke. He had six rushing touchdowns. Okay. He had five receiving touchdowns. He had 618 rushing yards. 548 receiving yards. In a PPR league, he had 52 catches last year for 548. 234 fantasy points. Pretty sure he finished top five as, a, as an overall running back. In an offense, in an offense that's going to feature either a rookie quarterback or a, a veteran quarterback that can't really throw the ball that well, what's he going to do? Check it down and hand it off. What does that mean? Cordell Patterson, Cordell Patterson, Cordell Patterson.
And the last running back we wanted to touch on before we get into wide receivers. The last running back that has a ton of value with a low, low rank is Rashad Penny on the on the Seahawks. Yeah, last year he had six rushing touchdowns, 121 fantasy points, only had six catches. Guess what? He's the starter. Draft him. Draft him. I'm not telling you to draft him in round one, round two, round three. Probably not round five or six or even seven in some cases. But if he's still lingering around and you have a few bench spots open, like he should be one of the first guys you find on the bench, if not a flex guy. He's starting in an offense that has Geno Smith at quarterback. Guess what? Chad Penny's going to get a lot of touches. A lot of touches. I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying. Think about it. Consider it. That's our running back board, and those are guys that we think are going to have a ton of value. Okay? Now, at the wide receiver, wide receiver, not receiver, at the wide receiver position, everybody knows who's going to be at the top of the board. Again, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Debo, Stefan, CD, Tyreek, Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, Mike Evans. Uh, you get it, right? There's a bit of a drop-off this year in the wide receiver production in the ESPN rankings, right? You go from Keenan Allen at 9, T. Higgins at 10, Mike Evans at 11, DJ Moore 12, Michael Pittman at 13, who had a good year last year, and then it kind of falls off, in my opinion. A.J. Brown, uh, he'll be okay. Harry McLaurin, uh, he'll be okay. Deontay Johnson with either a rookie quarterback or Mitch Trubisky, uh, he'll be okay. Jalen Waddell, I mean, he'll be okay, but he's not the primary guy. Mike Williams, pretty solid. Brandon Cooks, okay. Hollywood Brown, uh, DK, uh, Jerry Judy. Hold on. Hold on. We'll get to those guys. But my point is, if you're going to get a running, uh, a good productive wide receiver, I would try to get it early. Okay? Like, I, I'm talking, like, probably your first or second pick, depending on where you're drafting, right? If you're a late round, first round pick, like you're the, you're the in a 10-man league, you're the 8, 9, or 10, 12-man league, you're 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, I would consider taking a receiver. In fact, I mean, honestly, as high as four or five in some cases. If, you know, these guys are available early round two, a lot of these guys down into Mike Evans territory or Pittman, I would think about it. But there's two receivers in the top 25 that I think should be ranked higher. There's two receivers in ESPN's top 25 
that have a ton of value. And the first one and the second one are both on the Broncos, but the first one is Jerry Judy. Okay? Jerry Judy has had god awful quarterbacks to deal with since he's been in the league. Guys like Brett Rippon, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, dog shit, dog shit, dog shit. And now he's got Russell Wilson and he's the best route runner in the NFL, arguably. Uh, he's going to go off. He's projected for six touchdowns this year. I bet you he gets double digits. I bet he gets 10 touchdowns this year. And the other thing about Jerry Judy that almost nobody talks about, of course, the route running's great, but he's so fast. His big play ability is up there with Tyreek in the league. Just explosiveness. Now he's going to be open a lot more, and he's going to get fed the ball a lot more. Because why? The Broncos are deeper. Russell Wilson's a monster. And Jerry Judy's going to go off. So if you can find Jerry Judy available in rounds three, four, five, I would do that. The next guy on the list, another receiver in Denver that has a ton of value in your fantasy drafts that I would try to consider taking earlier than you might have, is Cortland Sutton. Same story as Jerry Judy. Has had literally... He's had he's had JV quarterbacks playing quarterback for him, throwing him passes since he's been on the Broncos. He's so big. He's a defensive nightmare to cover. And he's, he's coming off of a, an injury where it's his first full healthy year. With, oh, by the way, Russell Wilson throwing him passes. He's going to get a ton of touches. He's going to get a lot of red zone targets. I would try to take Cortland Sutton earlier rather than later. Or you see him, you're five picks away, and he's 10 ranking spots back. And you're like, well, I might be able to get him on the next turn. No, take him. I would try to find Cortland Sutton on your roster if possible. Going down this list again, okay? A guy that dropped far, far on the list. It's Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is a receiver that could potentially win somebody their fantasy league this year. Seriously. He had 259 fantasy points. I think he finished top five as a fantasy wide receiver. He had 128 targets for 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. Oh, Devontae Adams is in L. Devontae Adams is in Vegas now. Hunter Renfro is not going to see the ball. Opposite. Wrong. More. More. Why? Devontae Adams is going to be double teamed. Everybody, safety is going to come over. If they both these guys are sp split out wide or Renfro is lined up in the slot and Devontae Adams is out wide and there's a safety and he's got to pick one or the other, he's going with Devontae Adams. Who does that leave open? Hunter Renfro. Who does Derek Carr know best? Hunter Renfro. Who runs, by the way, really good fucking routes? Hunter Renfro. I'm not telling you to take him first or second round. 
But again, if he's available in rounds four, five, six, you have a, a wide receiver two position open. I would consider taking Hunter Renfro over maybe the, some of the other guys that are ranked higher than him on the draft board. The next guy up, Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay. Last year, didn't have a touchdown. Only had 15 catches. He was hurt. He's dealing with old man Big Ben. He's had some flashes of greatness. Juju could potentially, potentially be the best receiver on the Chiefs this year. Who's throwing him passes? Oh, that's right. Patrick Mahomes. In an offense that's got a ton of weapons, a ton of speed. Uh, Travis Kelsey. ESPN's got him projected for seven touchdowns. I could easily, easily see Juju Schmidt-Schuster getting into double digits this year. Very easily. Very, very easily. Next guy on the list. All, all reliable. It's a name that gets... It's a name that gets brushed under the rug every single year. Doesn't get a ton of notoriety. And every year the guy shows up and just puts up points for your fantasy team. And his name is Adam Thielen. Guess what? Adam Thielen, 10 touchdowns last year. Had 726 yards. I mean, it's not a great, you know, amazing year. I think he was probably bouncing off on and off the injured list, uh, you know, going through his career. 2018, nine touchdowns. 1,300 receiving yards. 2019, must have been hurt. Only had 418 yards, six touchdowns. 2020, how about 925 receiving yards? 108 targets, 14 touchdowns. Last year, 726 for 10 touchdowns. The guy is a red zone target. In an offense that is very weaponized, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins looks for Adam Thielen in the red zone. He looks for Thielen. That's why he had 10 touchdowns last year. That's why he had 14 the week the year before that. Thielen very easily could get into double digits for touchdowns against this year. He could very easily get into double digits again with touchdowns. Get a little older. I get it. Doesn't matter. Get them on your roster. Now, of course, by the way, all these guys, it's not possible to have every one of these dudes on your roster. Of course. But it doesn't matter. I'm looking for a guy here. I apologize. I must have passed him because there's no way. Okay, there he is. 
Last guy, last wide receiver I wanted to touch on out of the group that's going to have a ton of value this year, Rams wide receiver Allen Robinson. Coming over from Chicago, has just had horrible, 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 horrible quarterbacks. No offense to those guys, man, but it's a huge upgrade from Matt Stafford. But he's not throwing, Matt Stafford's not throwing it to Cooper Cup. He's going to be throwing it to Allen Robinson. ESPN has him for six touchdowns. I could, like, I don't even think it'd be hard for him to get 12 touchdowns this year. I think it'd be easy. Try to find Allen Robinson on your team if you can, because he's going to be pretty solid. Going to be pretty solid. Tight end is the last position we'll get into. And there's only a couple guys that I wanted to touch on here. Okay. Dawson Knox is going to have a lot of value in Buffalo. Again, it's a high-powered offense. Josh Allen needs a more, you know, reliable red zone target. Diggs is great. Gabriel Davis is solid. But I'm talking, like, big man, big presence. Dawson Knox. Keep an eye out. Noah Fant on the Seahawks got traded over from the Broncos in that Russell Wilson trade. Geno or Drew Locke, whoever's throwing the football in Seattle throughout the season, they're going to be looking for a big body to just lob it up to. That's Noah Fant. The last guy wanted to keep an eye on for everybody on the flip side of that trade. Last guy, last tight end to keep an eye on is Albert. Okuwebenam. That's how you say it, by the way. Oku- Actually, I think that's a little over-enunciating. Albert Okuwebenam, I think is how you say it. Alberto, Broncos tight end. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. Uh, Who's going to be their tight end? Albert O. Heads up. Guy's going to get fucking targets, man. Again, if you're one of those guys and you just load it up on running backs and wide receivers, just load it up, and then you get into the the later rounds, and you're like, oh, my God, I don't have a tight end. Take Albert O if he's there. He's going to be good. He's going to be really good. That's all I'm saying, man. That's all I am saying. So that covers all the positions, okay? Defense and special teams, not going to get into it. I mean, if you want to get into kickers. If you want to get into kickers, Tyler Bass has some value. But it's just because the, the Bills are going to score a lot of points. Uh, I mean, the rest of these guys are just whatever. But that's it, man. We're excited for football season. Hopefully you guys enjoyed those fantasy tips, man. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode, episode 35. Football season is here. It's back. And, by the way, if you're planning on going to any football games, buying tickets, and you want to save a little bit of money, if you download SeatGeek, ticket buying application, just like Ticketmaster or any other one, SeatGeek, sells tickets to anything and you haven't bought it. You haven't used the app before you download the app and on your first purchase, you use the code 
phenom fan one word p-h-e-n-o-m p-h-a-n phenom fan one word you get 20 bucks off your first order so just do it i mean like just do it i, I do it either way we hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode episode 35 football's back could not be more excited man so pumped about it good luck with fantasy drafts this upcoming weekend i know a lot of people have fantasy drafts going up this weekend memorial day weekend or is it labor day labor day memorial day now we gotta look to make sure we don't screw that up to uh just in the future it's labor day september 5th monday it's labor day people are gonna be drafting hanging out drinking doing whatever if you listen to the podcast you're gonna get some value just saying all right so thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you guys on episode 36 of the phenomenal fan podcast Thanks for listening to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Want more? Follow us on social media and subscribe to Patreon for exclusive content.